All right, we're here. Episode 85 of the Just Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I am Andrew Desimone with... Kryler Gracie. And this is a BJJ Giants episode. We haven't done one in a while. No, it's been a minute. I think it's been at least, I don't know, 10 episodes or so. Yeah. This one is on Hoyler Gracie. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, we have enough now episodes and my memory is bad enough that I always have to question, go through and make sure we haven't done an episode on a yeah. topic. So I went through and like half guard, we had an email last week and the person asked us a question. They said, FYI, you guys did an episode on classic half guard. Yeah. Part of me would flip him off and be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this one was a little different. We yeah. did, we did a uh, half guard and some other things. So, you know, some, sometimes it's like when a band releases a live album, right? We just, we released another live album version of that, which was, yeah, right. the live album version. Uh, this episode is on Hoyler Gracie, and I was curious when I, because I thought about when I first started at your gym, I, I'm like, Croyler Gracie. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 my name was, I was named after him and one of my mom's cousins. Oh, okay. Which cousin yeah. is that? Crawling. Uh, Crawlin. I'm not familiar with Crawlin. Is yeah, that just? Of, yeah, a lot of people don't know him, but yeah. Okay. They're close. They're my mom was very close to Hoyler and very close to him, and she just put the names together. Yeah, when I when I started and I saw your name, I thought, I thought maybe I thought I was thinking Hoyler. I thought. Oh, gotcha. You came I, in looking for a small guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I I've heard that name and oh, let me let me look this guy up and and then I I came in expecting. Hoyler Gracie and I was I was just so disappointed and oh, every day since damn. then I it's just a letdown. I mean you don't have to come in. I mean you you know yeah. just make your sabbatical permanent. <laughs> so so you're partially named after Hoyler. Is yes. that why is that? Your mom and him she just they were close. They were close. Yeah. yeah. What about Hoyler? Um, do you think your mom really liked what are what are the traits of that he well, has? Hoyler's a funny guy, man. Like if you if you ever sit down and talk to him, like he's 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 good fun, you know. He very happy guy, very lively guy. Um, tends to be very very um, loyal to the family, very loyal to you know their his siblings um, to a fault sometimes. And and I think him and my mom saw eye to eye on a lot of things and they kind of understood each other even if they didn't always agree you know um i think there's a lot of respect there and i think it's because my mom is also you know very loud very funny she likes to very charismatic she likes to interact and i think their personalities just meshed really well as siblings you know is a personality is he is he the type that is a peacemaker is he more he's like he's gonna speak his opinion and not afraid of what the uh, like how it'll affect uh, i mean he'll definitely speak his opinion mm-hmm. um as far as being like confrontational or like the peacemaker um i think that depends on the subject um but but if you ask him he'll definitely tell you his opinion he's not afraid to share that i don't think anybody in my family is afraid to share their opinions now does is he always the guy who's pushing through and creating a problem you know, like trying to shove it down people's throats? Probably not. I mean, again, it depends on the topic, you know? Um, is he always a guy trying to make peace? Again, it depends on the topic, you know? It just seems like, the from what I see, he's one of the more famous Gracies, but he's also kind of a low-key, underrated Gracie where you don't... Very underrated. He's like a behind-the-scenes kind of guy, it seems like. you. Yeah. He, he, he's been at some of the... Whenever you go back and you watch pivotal moments in... 
uh, early MMA or jujitsu. He was always there. You'll always see him there, but he's not always taking the the uh, the spotlight. Right. It's it's like him and Helion. Helion is another one. It's very like low key. Um, underestimated, not underestimated, but unknown. Um, Hoyler has a little bit of, uh, you know, he's famous on his own right, but you are right that he is also like, you know, behind the scenes kind of helping things happen. Mm -hmm. And in the order of Elio's children, where does he fall? He's right in the middle. Um, He's towards the the younger kids, like where my mom and, and, and my aunt are. Which could help as to why they're close to you know, mm. closer in age and stuff. Yeah, no, Hoyler. Hoyler is a he's a good dude. He's and and the thing, you know, if we, if we start like diving into to Hoyler, like um, you know, he started competing very young. I think he was four or five years old. Um, competed pretty much all his life. And uh, I mean, his last competition was was it against Eddie Bravo? Was it yeah, this, this, yeah, the rematch? Yeah, it was maybe a rematch. Six yeah, years ago. Yeah, after ret- uh, yeah, he came out of retirement for that rematch. Yeah. Um, that's all people know him for, you know what I mean? Like, is the Eddie Bravo matches, mm-hmm. which is so like unfair to him. You know, he's a multi-time ADCC champion. He's a four-time Gi champion and a world Gi champion, which he was the first guy to back-to-back. Um, I think it was back-to-back three times world champion in 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 Gi. You know, and then I think he took a year off where he lost, and he, the following year he, he won again. So, and he was the first guy for a long time to have four consecutive gold titles at the adult black belt, you know, featherweight. Um, Did he compete uh, in any of those tournaments? Was there an absolute division at the time? Yeah, yeah, he competed in absolute. I don't think he ever won the absolute. I think he placed a few times. Um, but he, but Hoyler's a small guy, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it, when you're competing at the highest level, if, if a small guy has really good technique, but a big guy has really good technique too, then that size becomes a little bit more of a factor, you know. And he, I mean, he's he's very small. And this is coming from a very small guy. Yeah. Like yeah. you, we we talked about uh, during Hoyce's episode. He was picked to be uh, one of the reasons he was picked because he was an un, unassuming right. individual. Hoyce is what would you say five 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 six? Hoyce? Yeah. No, Hoyce is five eleven. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Hoyler. Oh, Hoyler? Oh, yeah. Hoyler's maybe five, four, five, 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 six, maybe. So about my size, yeah. probably a little heavier. I mean, when he used to compete, I think he competed at 135, 140. So, okay. yeah, he might be about 155 now. Um, Just as handsome as me, though. Sure. Who do you think is better looking? If you saw us, like, walking down the beach and you thought, oh, no. If you saw both of us watching, walking down the beach, who would you be a little bit more nervous about in, like, stealing your girlfriend? Uh, neither of you. What? Wow, that's <laughs> insulting. We're both... Or, or I'm just confident. <laughs> but we both have... It doesn't have to be about you. We both have really... <laughs> I guess I, I don't understand confidence. Uh, uh, we both have really small bathing suits on and gold chains. So your girlfriend would be like, wow, they've got money and they're handsome so it is still you're, you're still I'm feeling still, good about still, yourself still feeling pretty good about myself fuck you and your <laughs> bulletproof confidence <laughs> <laughs> all right so hoyler he's he's the smallest of the brothers yes and how did that how do you think that affected his development and the I, way he's he he create the persona he's taken on or the influence he's had in jujitsu um i think i think hoyler um 
whether you know I'm, I'm sure his size had a lot to do with it being the smallest of the family had definitely something to do with it but i think um the two biggest characteristics is he the he youngest brother um, middle I child I don't, I don't think he's the youngest okay yeah um but he's on the younger side okay. um no he um if you're so when we talk about people grappling with each other right so if there's no technique involved, the bigger person wins, right? If there is technique involved, the person with superior technique wins. If the technique levels are identical, then physical attributes come back into play, right? Mm -hmm. So Hoyler growing up was in a family with his brothers and cousins who all grappled, who are all very good jiu-jitsu practitioners, who all had technique. So he is one of the younger ones coming in with less experience, less physical attributes against guys that always know more. They not only have more experience, they also have more knowledge. Like that's a recipe for you to just lose and <laughs> cave and give. But, but Hoyler didn't. Um, Hoyler had, has this incredible ability to, one, he's incredibly technical. Um, Hoyler's probably one of the the most precise guys in, in the family. Um, but the other thing that he had that was brilliant, which, which transferred off into all his competitive feats, he was also a brilliant tactician. Hoyler um, knew where to play the game and where to take the fight in order to benefit him, which... Um, so you'll call it like fight IQ, you know, but I think it goes beyond just having like a natural talent for it. I'm sure there was thought involved, you know, like where can I, where can I excel in a fight against this kind of person or that kind of person? Um, so, so, you know, he growing up, I'm sure he struggled at first, but, uh, very quickly he, he earned the respect of his brothers and, and, and so on, his cousins. Are the things that stick out to you that show that tactician side of him, uh, fights or moments, whether whether it's his fight or someone else's fight, where you think like that's a that's a uh, perf that's a perfect snapshot of Hoyler and um, there there's not a lot of footage of him competing in the gi. Um, you know, this was before camcorders were readily available. You know, but um, there is there are camcorders. How old are you, man? That's my my point. <laughs> um, you know where like there's a couple there's footage of him in a few of the early ADCCs, not the one where he lost to Eddie, but the other ones um, that shows him he was very relentless and he knew if the opponent was somebody who was not in great shape, he would he would keep that relentless pace and tire them out before you know scoring the win. Uh, if if people were faster or stronger, then he would make it a more technical match because then a technique would kind of counteract their physical, you know, uh, advantage they had on him. Um, and, and, but, but there is one in particular, um, I, I don't even remember who it was with now. Um, I'll have to see if I can find the video and send it to you. Basically like, it's like down to like the last, like 20, 30 seconds, you know, and, and, and he's behind and he, he basically kind of sells out, but he sells out in all the right ways where he sacrificed safety for, and, and it wasn't that he wasn't sacrificing this, the safe position. He was in a bad spot, but it wasn't that he wasn't sacrificing his safety 
in order to go for Hail Mary, he was he knew that the opponent having him stuck in a bad spot was just looking for him to panic. And him foregoing his safety from the from the person that's winning against him, it would obviously look like he's panicking. But it was beautifully timed and he ended up actually sweeping the guy um halfway through the scramble and then like knee slices into victory um and they're like the most iconic picture of hoyler is like when he like knee slices through in that match because he's like he's like screaming because he knows he won like it was like the final like he knows like that was it you know mm. um i'll have to find the footage of the video and, and send it to you what can small people take away from 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 a Hoyler Gracie, uh, Hoyler should be the iconic, like small guy story. You know what I mean? Like, not only was he small, he growing up he had everything against him, right? Uh, people knew more, people had more experience, people had size, people had strength. They were learning the same stuff he was learning. They had the same source of knowledge, like you know. But he he persevered and he became within the family. He became known as a brilliant tactician as a brilliant technician as well. Um, that's why you see footage of, in all of Hoist's fights, Hoyler is always there helping him train, helping him get ready. He's always there cornering him. Hickson, in all of Hickson's fights, it's Hoyler back there who's mm-hmm. coaching and cornering and, and being there through you know the the workouts, the weight cuts, the, the, the hard moments, the easy moments, you know. Um, yeah, so I mean, if you, if you look in, in jiu-jitsu's history, any major matches or, or pivotal moments like you put earlier, that's in some capacity Hoyler was involved. Kind of like the Forrest Gump of jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I you look you I back would, through time at I pictures w- and he's I w- always there. I wouldn't say that, but, but in the idea that, yes, he's probably in the background, yes. So you're saying Hoyler's the Forrest Gump of jiu-jitsu? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I like how you're trying to like make that stick, though. <laughs> um but people may not truly understand. So there is that saying that those that can't do teach, right? Um, The reality is high level athletes, competitors aren't always the greatest teachers. That's across any sport. Also, some of the greatest coaches of all time aren't necessarily even good competitors, right? Michael Phelps' coach is never going to outswim Michael Phelps, but Michael Phelps could never create somebody better than him. Yeah, John right. Danaher's never going to tap Gordon Ryan. But. Correct, correct, right. So, um, but an example of the brilliancy that is Hoyler is some of the greatest names in jiu-jitsu were all mentored by Hoyler. So not only could he, not only was he like this brilliant competitor, and he could, you know, compete with the best and do well. And in all, I mean, gi, no gi, MMA, you know what I mean? Like in, in dojo storms back in the early 90s, late 80s, you know, like in like every everything you can think of, he, he was very competitive and he was always, generally speaking, on the winning side of those things, right? Um, and then you look at, um, you know, his ability to coach his siblings, right? So coaching people that you know is easy. Coaching people that you know that are as good as you is not so easy, right? Um, but they all respected him enough for that. 
But even more telling about Hoyler is the idea that you look at guys like Megaton, you look at guys like the um, the Hibero brothers, both Shanji and Salo. You look at just every, I mean, like, look look at Gracie Umaita and just look at everybody that came out of that. Like, that's Hoyler. I mean, that's what Hoyler did. You know, he created these incredible competitors that were also incredible teachers, um, which is a trait that doesn't exist as much anymore. Teachers are creating competitors, not other teachers. Um, That's a good point. And very rarely do you see teachers creating both competitors and teachers, because that's so much harder. Um, And Hoyler was basically excelled in in every facet of the sport. So today, a lot of the, today, a lot of the top jujitsu stars aren't necessarily, you're saying the best teachers they know they, they can no they're, they're fantastic at competing correct but that the passing on of knowledge is they're stunted in that area yes and and, and but that's that's always true of in any sport i mean it doesn't have to be jiu-jitsu any sport right i mean look at michael jordan right so like greatest basketball player of all time when he dies all his experience and his knowledge is going to die with him mm. but you're saying a hoiler and the people that came from him were that rare breed who were he was successful at competing and teach teach yeah he was able to do that mm-hmm. he was able to take people and make them very high level competitors and very high level instructors too what do you think he had to do to create that kind of duality in each person because i to me the layman i'd say all right well someone who's so good at competing is they're used to just focusing on themselves and like, right. I have to, I have to get better. I have to do this. Right. Which and is so, usually why they're not so good at being teachers. Right. And so you think that maybe Hoyler was able to somehow get them to split that in saying, yes, you should work on your own development, but also maybe in teaching other people that can help your own development. Um, I think, I think it was a little bit of kind of lead by example. You know, Hoyler has been teaching forever, you know, um, like most people in my family. Um, he was also a big competitor and he competed. He was very hungry for competitions. He did triathlons. I mean, he did all sorts of things, marathons and stuff. Um, always very competitive, a competitive spirit. Um, but I think it was so normal for him to also be a teacher on, you know, it wasn't like, he wasn't somebody that came in off the street who decided that they were going to be a competitor and then said, you know what, I want to be a teacher too. You know, he grew up kind of competing. He kind of grew up kind of teaching. Um, it, it's just something he did. He probably doesn't doesn't know. He couldn't, himself couldn't probably point out the things that made him a good teacher or, or a good competitor. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he can tell you the attributes or things that, you know, he, he can give credit to, but at deep down, he might not say, Oh, it was this moment in time that I decided to be a good teacher. Or it was this moment in time I decided to be a good competitor. Um, I think it just happened for him. And when you go into a school, you know, you're always trying to emulate, you know, the, 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 the top guys, that's, kind of natural nature of the game like you you come in you want to look to you aim higher and you're trying to get better and better you're not going to look at other white belts you're going to look at the browns and blacks right and if these brown and black belts are good coaches you learn to teach if these browns and blacks are good competitors you learn to compete you know and um he was one of these guys that could you know easily do both things mm. naturally and it it rubs off on his top guys you mentioned a couple 
of his his big names who, who are some of the other people who who came from the umaita schools so um man like crone was umaita so like crone actually got his black belt from hoyler as well um i mean if, if you if you go down the line so which that says a lot that I know he trained with Hickson and yes. and learned. I can't imagine how much from Hickson, but still said, you know, what, I'm going to go to Hoyler. For yeah, Black Belt. I, I don't know if it was. Um, I don't know if it was as like conscious of a thought as that. Like, I'm going to go train with my uncle Hoyler. I think mm-hmm. it was just one of those things where, like, you know, it's always tough training with family, like especially like close close family like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was one of those things where. Crone was in a path to get better and to to chase to become a good competitor. He wanted, he was hungry for it, and his uh, his pursuit of greatness took him to Hoyler. Naturally, you know what I mean. Like it's just one of those things that just happened. And I think he took on to Hoyler quite a bit. Hoyler was closer to his size than his dad was, and things like that. So um, yeah, so he got his black belt from Hoyler. Um, I'm sure. Hickson gave his blessing. I'm sure he was involved, but but officially, I mean, Crone even represented the Gracie Maita symbol at, at points in time in the past. Um, so if you look at like just the big big names from from Hoyler, right? You have Salo Hibero, who is like six time world champion, is still actively competing. Has probably one of the biggest schools in the country, biggest associations in the country. Yeah, yeah. and then you know you have Shanja Hibero, who's also from Hoyler is Salo's brother. Again, huge, huge affiliations from Salo. Are there, are there affiliations, do they the same or are they different? They were, at one point in time, they were together. Um, I think you're seeing more and more now of the split between the two. Okay. I don't think there's a, anything personal. Um, I think it's more just, it's just identity as you get bigger and bigger, you know? Mm. Um, the, um, you know, so you, you look at Megaton, uh, from Megaton, you have Mackenzie Dern, you know, who fights in the UFC now. Megaton was is probably one of the greatest competitors of all time. You know, for years and years and years, he would compete in adult weight class uh, adult divisions, even though he was like well into his you know late forties, early fifties, because the older guys weren't fun. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you look at um, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh God, he's the Mackenzie Dern. Um, It'll hit me. It'll hit me at some point during the podcast. But, um, you know, so so if you look at other great schools, right? So if I said, hey, um, example, right? So uh, you look at Alliance. Actually, better example, you look at Checkmat, right? Checkmat's probably one of the best competitive schools in the world. I think they've won or been at least in the podium for the past 10 years, easily. Bouchesha came out of check mat. Patty Fontes came out of check mat, you know. Um, and and Lovieta is the coach, is the head coach for check mat. He's the, the leader of that association. Now, Lovieta was an incredible, incredible, incredible competitor um, on his own, you know, in his time. He on his prime. He actually um, was was just, he was a savage. I mean, he was probably some of the most fun guys to watch from the the mid-early 90s to the mid-late 90s was, was Lovieta. Incredible on his feet, good combination, good movement. Um, he starts a team, Chuck Matt, breeds these people that are all very, very good that came out of there. Those people did very well as competitors. But how many students have you heard other than Bouchesha out of 
him and how many of Bushish's students do you know how many of Petty Fonta's students do you know I mean like you don't hear right. much more about that it's not that they're not very good I'm sure that you know both of them you know and all, all his black belts have great great students but you don't see as much of a, like a highlight reel of that high level competitor high level teacher like you don't see as much of that and it's not that they're not good it's just Hoyler was exceptional have you heard anything? Do you know like what his teach, teaching style is? Do you have you? Hoyler, um, yeah. Hoyler, Hoyler is kind of funny, man. Like if you if you ever train with him, he, you know he cracks jokes. You know he's very lighthearted. Um, he's lighthearted in a way that you have fun, but you also know that you 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 shouldn't really question it because he really knows what he's talking about. So he's not like just pulling stuff out of his ass. Like he'll <laughs> he'll say something in a funny way. And you just you know to take it because it's it's it's, it's worth something. Um, you know, you look at like another name is like Lechisa Hibero, um, who's uh, not related to Salo and Shanji. Um, she's probably one of the most decorated female competitors of all time. Uh, Leka Vieira, who was uh, also a black belt from him, she was also a pivotal character in women's jujitsu. So like, there's 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 just a lot. I mean, he was just incredible in in, in creating good competitors good teachers mm-hmm. what about his rolling style do you have you talked to anyone who's rolled with him do you know what it is what is Hoyler was a tornado of fury and anger man yeah yeah he, he I don't know that he had um, he was known for wearing people out um, and sometimes it was just sheer speed sometimes it was a lot of movement lots of transitions um, he you know he good pressure good top pressure good passing pressure um I don't know, honestly, I don't know his submission rate. Um, it's not something I know because I haven't had access to old footage. Like, there just isn't enough to study, right? Um, but from people that I know that have trained with him, they all say the same thing. He was super explosive on his feet, very, very explosive on the bottom, hard to keep down. And then if he got on top, he was so heavy. And, and there's a combination of heaviness and speed that basically ground people and people just didn't want to grapple with him, you know? What, what are, is as far as his when you watch him compete and roll. What, what are trademark things? I mean, we I guess we've talked about some of the concepts or the, uh, we've talked about his style. Was there anything that he pioneered? Like certain submissions? Was there? Was there a when you'd see him roll? What kind of things was he? So really will, famous for. I will give him credit for the knee slice. I don't know if he came up with a knee slice style of passing, um, which is now a staple of jiu-jitsu. You do have to pass half, you do have to pass open guard, even sometimes close guard, right? Um, so he, I don't know that he created it. He may have, um, but the, the, the concept of the constant pressure with the knee slicing from side to side and through um, was him. And, and it's something that's, that he was very successful with. Um, he was also one of the very first black belts in jiu-jitsu to truly, um, I mean, there's plenty of guys that were good at throwing, but he was mm-hmm. the first guy to truly like kind of excel with it. Well, we know? have in our blue belt curriculum, yeah, so there's like, a Hoyler throw that we Right, right. Do. So he, he used to do a drop Tayotoshi that was very aggressive. Um, that's, that's what we were, we referenced it to as his throw. Um, but he was he was just this, this guy that basically he was down for he was down for a challenge you know he was down for a competition and 
he was a, com- a competitor through and through. And if he could beat you, he'd ground you into dust, you know? And if, you, if he couldn't beat you, you had to earn it. Like, there's never an easy day, you know? Did your mom ever give you any uh, any good stories of her and, and Hoyler getting into any trouble, anything salacious you ever got? Um, no, I mean, I'm sure there are. I, I don't know. You just didn't get the story. You didn't I, get to hear those ones. No, I, no I'm, I'm sure I have. I just don't know how much... You know, <laughs> right? Throw out there. Throw it all out because no one listens to this. So yeah, you can be as as as. I mean, I think you're confused. This is not the grappling dads. That's true. If that were the case, we'd be we'd be live streaming on YouTube to nobody right now. Right, and and have technical difficulties at the same time. Oh, did they have some technical difficulties? Oh, yeah. It was. Oh yeah, they had to scrap a whole show. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. A live show. Guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll get there. I mean, credit to you for trying something new. It's we 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 haven't tried that. But the reason we haven't tried is because Croyler's just not camera ready yet. I'm trying to I'm trying to get him to I'm trying to get I'm trying to get this wardrobe for him. Uh, I've sent I've sent one of those uh, those clothing companies where they'll put a box together of just curated clothes picked out for you i've sent like probably 10 of those to his house and each one i just get i get a bill from that company that says you sent it all back just destroyed <laughs> torn to pieces yeah I don't, i've I spent don't two that. grand trying to get you in clothes that'll make you look like a sexy anchor like a sexy news anchor and nothing wow i, I feel if you had that kind of money lying around i mean there's other uses for it <laughs> Well, to to close, to wrap this this episode up, Hoyler Gracie, what do you think he'll go down as in the the archives of jujitsu? I think sadly he'll go down as underrated. Um, I don't think a lot of people give him enough credit for what he did for the sport. Um, but for the people that know, the people that study the art and know the history, I think they'll see him as one of the the biggest like uh, you know giants of the sport. Uh, because they'll see him as a great gi competitor. They'll see him as a great no-gi competitor. They'll see him as a, 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 a jiu-jitsu competitor that transitioned to MMA fairly successfully. Um, you'll see him as a, a great teacher, a great tactician, um, who could help others win tournaments, but could also nurture others to do better and to become good teachers themselves and good competitors themselves. He bred high level students and and I think through his lineage if you go if you trace people back to Gracie Omaita you'll see that he's got influence in just about every um, big association out there right now in one shape or another whether it was his students have now opened their own associations or they people that competed against him that respected him and respected his style and his approach and they were influenced by that have you taken anything from Hoyler and then applied it to the way that you run your school? Is there are there things that you've you've adapted or th- thought he did well and try to um, apply? Um, I I I I try to through crack jokes. I'm just not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sometimes not being funny while cracking a joke is the funniest thing right, you can do. Right. So it works. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, that's it for the uh, episode eighty-five of. BJJ Giants, Hoyler Gracie, and I didn't think, but maybe some people, maybe we get some listeners because they see Just Jiu Jitsu podcast with 
Croyler Gracie and they think Hoyler. Maybe. Hey, maybe we're 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 running out of that off of that. Yeah, and they see Andrew Desimone and they just think maybe Andrew Dice Clay and they're like, Wow, that's a great combination. Andrew Dice Clay and and Hoyler Gracie. Oh, he's a comedian from um, the late eighties. But yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. <laughs> Have a fantastic day and we will see you next week. See you.